Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast and we are finally bringing the week to a close. I know there's been a lot of episodes this week, but hey, there's been a lot to talk about. Many people saying that it's, you know, kind of one of the craziest weeks we've had since we had WCW versus WWE back in the day. And, and given the fallout from a lot of this, I would say some of it is a little bit preemptive, but that's okay as long as you're having fun with it. Maybe we are about to enter a brand new world. As I'm sure you know, if you've listened before, we have multiple versions of this podcast. One of which is, uh, well, they're all supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. Please go check that out if you do have a couple of minutes. Uh, there's certain perks you can get, t-shirts, personalized messages, postcards, and you can come on the podcast, which is why I mentioned it now. And I like to get people on. I like to get sort of a gauge of the wrestling world outside of my little bubble. And that's why I'm very happy to say my man Jason is coming back on today. He's been on before. Jason, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing fantastic. Wonderful to talk to you again, Simon. Hell yeah, dude. Totally agree, man. It's good to hear your voice uh, again. And much as I did to Stan, I'll apologize to Jason as well, as, as well for screwing him around after some uh, <laughs> recent shenanigans. But we're back on track now uh, and we will keep on heading that way. And interestingly enough, as we are recording this podcast, we are mere hours away from the debut of SmackDown. Sorry, I should say Friday Night SmackDown. Excuse me. Friday Night SmackDown on mm. the Fox Network. Now, dude, I'm going to bend to your will a little bit here because obviously over here in the uk it's yeah. not that big of a deal because it's still on sky i know we're moving to bt in, in january but right now it's just a different day and you know all the hype is sort of coming from america but given that you are closer to that situation than i am what's yeah. it like over there you know is it I, I understand it's still in the wrestling bubble i'm not saying that but i mean is you know are you sort of being inundated with adverts does it feel like they're trying to push this as hard as they can because really out of you know with all the noise that we've had about this is going to beat this and that's going to beat that smackdown is going to smash everything this week i mean it should do and if not something terrible has gone on yeah you know it's it's really weird because i i actually went to uh the raw last week which was the i, I attended it in person because it was here in san francisco and yeah uh, and of course at the new venue right then the brand new sparkly venue yeah chase stadium which was that's right it's yeah. all sparkly and clean and white and uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you know so it was the old it was the last of the old branding and uh, it, was, it was pre you know new sparkly raw and new sparkly smackdown i didn't go to smackdown on tuesday i only went to the raw um, but it was really it's it's been super surreal because, you know, we went and attended there in person, uh, me and my girlfriend and some friends. And, you know, it was kind of the old the old looking raw. Um, but it was very high energy because it was, you know, the last episode of the season. And then, of course, they were talking every commercial break about Smackdown moving to Friday and, you know, all the upgrades that were going to happen. Uh, and then, you know, we went home and a week went by and then suddenly we're watching raw the next Monday and it's just a completely, I mean, not a completely different show, but certainly visually rebranded. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. And and so yeah, it's it's been it's been really surreal to to sort of uh, see the switch flipped in real time and and be part of that. 
and uh, uh, de- definitely makes me uh, envious that I didn't get to go to the first episode of like the new Raw with all the pyro and all the you know added excitement. Although I'll tell you, um, as always, attending it in in, in person was uh, you know just you, you can't it's incomparable. Um, and, w- and when you go back and watch it on TV, it's kind of like it's almost like a bit of a letdown. It's like oh geez, you know I forgot how much <laughs> energy there is in person. Um, which which show was that? What happened? You have to remind me. I watched so much wrestling; it all blurs into one. Yeah, that was the one where that ended with. Uh, well, but prior to the dark match, it was um, it was the fiend coming out and uh, looking like he was going to attack Seth, but he was going. It was uh, Seth versus Braun, and that's right. Instead of attacking Seth, he attacked Braun, and then just sort of stared at Seth like ominously, and then. Um, you know, cut to black, basically. And then and then there was a dark match with the four horsewomen, but that, that was the, effectively the end of Raw. So how was how did that play out live? Because obviously The Fiend is, you know, that's all we talk about now, unless it's ratings. That's the, the only thing that got us stopping to talk about The Fiend was ratings. Yeah, but how was that live? Like, how's the presentation? Because I have, you know, a few people have messaged me, and I don't know how true this is, saying why, you know, while it's still cool, it actually makes for better watching on tv which is kind of weird which is the opposite of what you just said yeah i mean that's different things you know what i mean right right yeah it was really interesting i would say you know the fiend looks just as badass the 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 mask looks amazing we were on the floor so we had pretty good seats and i got a good a good look at him um i would i would say that the dark aspect of it is is tricky i think they capture like the the coming out of darkness and suddenly appearing and and being really like a big surprise uh, really well on television in person it's a little trickier because the stadium lights like from the from the back and then a bunch of phones kind of make it brighter than it looks on tv so you can actually kind of see him coming a little bit um and the interesting thing is uh i think i mentioned this to you on patreon he, he i think that he comes out from under the ring i don't want to i hope i'm not uh, no, I think he does. Yeah, I think the he mystery does. here, <laughs> you know, if anyone if anyone doesn't want to know, but I'm pretty sure he comes out from under the ring, and you can kind of see him. Um, we we didn't quite catch him coming out, but we caught him going back in, which was really weird because it was happening when Seth was going back to the back, and the women were coming out to do the dark match, and that's when you caught a little glimpse of his kind of crazy pants, like just just a little blur of it, like slipping under there, um, which. Yeah, I don't know. It just it, it almost kind of um, it shatters the illusion a little bit, but also makes it really interesting. And it gives you like new mysteries of like, how long was he, you know, sitting under the ring? And like, does you know how does he go to the bathroom? <laughs> like, just like real world well, concerns. There is uh, there is many stories of people that have been under that ring. And apparently sometimes they just go. They just <laughs> you got to go. You got to go. And I always yeah. hear that. And I'm like, OK. Awesome. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we did that. Uh, it, it seems pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy to me. But um, no, yeah, I think I think that's what they do. They just, I mean, what can you do, right? If you're under the ring and you need to do your business, you just have to go and, and do your business. Wrestling's a very strange, very strange industry uh, all around. At least I, I find it when I hear stories like that. But it is, tr- it is interesting to you know hear you describe it that way because I tell you, man, like I, like you already said, and I totally agree with you. Going to Raw is just fun. Or SmackDown or any WWE show because they are, especially with the new set, I feel like when you walk in and see it, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like I'm in for a big deal. But I think that's another cool aspect of maybe the Bray Wyatt character that we haven't we haven't really chatted about is that it's another reason to go to a show live. How do they pull this off? What are they going to do? Yeah. You know, am, am I going to spy things that I don't see on TV? And really, you want that. It's like when you go to a gig and a band plays 
a song sort of differently to how they would play it uh, on an album on a record or whatever right. it makes you feel like oh i'm in a special little club that maybe i wouldn't have seen otherwise yeah so yeah i like i think it's just another aspect of bray white and why he's working so well he's a reason to go and watch raw live how do they present this yeah and it's also like that question of <clears throat> because he's not perf- because he's not showing up at every raw and every smackdown it's like you know is this going to be one of the episodes where we're going to see him or not you know they had the when i went to see it live um about midway in they had a uh, a funhouse episode and so whenever they have a funhouse episode you, you always get this kind of this kind of letdown of like well i mean it's it's fun you know the the funhouse is great but then you're like i guess this means he probably won't be there um because it's sort of more often it's been one or the other rather than both and so yeah of course yeah. you know i i looked at my girlfriend and i said oh this is this weird funhouse thing he's gonna do so i guess he's not going to be here live and she was like oh we're not going to get to see the scary clown in person and i'm like yeah probably not <laughs> and then you know of course an hour later <laughs> like the everything goes dark and he shows up so that that's kind of fun too is this sort of like the guessing game of like you know how are we going to see bray are we going to see him behind the screen are we going to see him live are we going to see both um, I'm still kind of, uh, I don't think anybody else predicts or, or feels this is going to happen, but I'm still holding out hope that we're going to see him do the, the fun house character live at some point. I think that would be like super, super interesting just to like throw a wrench in it somewhere in the middle, maybe after he wins the championship, which is pretty inevitable at this point. Um, you know, maybe he'd like shows up on raw and does like a live thing you know like a on the mic and he's the the weird red sweatshirted you know happy character um i think that would rock did you see the interview that he did this week as that character no oh did he do a live interview yeah so he's been doing i think it's for fox uh, i assume it's a fox affiliate you know given the relationship they're about to get into and i i think i mentioned this in the last episode but i got really worried i was like oh no like you know, I, I got a proper geek mode. The Undertaker would never have done, never have done an interview, but he did it completely as the Firefly Funhouse guy. Really, and oh, he, that's great. Yep, and it comes across as weird, unnerving. <laughs> if you didn't know what was going on, you'd be like, "This guy is a bit strange, man." Like, yeah, it's just. And honestly, I mean, I, I thought that, you know, I was already sort of enamored with how much he understands wrestling and, and how he's so dedicated to these characters. Yeah. But when I saw him do that and he was able to kind of push the WWE rhetoric, rhetoric and be a good media guy, but also, you know, not take away from what that character is. I was like, oh, my gosh, Bray Wyatt, you are just you're on fire right now, basically. Yeah. You just you do everything right. And ever since I saw that, I'm the same. I was like, oh man, we should put this on television. Just yeah. put it on TV and see how it works out. If it doesn't work, okay, don't do it anymore. But yeah. I want to see it. It just really goes to show you, you know, because I, I, you know, I know you've talked about this in your other podcasts. We, we didn't know that Bray was this talented before this fiend kind of era of him. And now that we're seeing it, it just reminds you that anyone on the roster for any company, I mean, WWE, AEW, anything else, you really never know what what their potential is until it's until it's unlocked and you it's hard to tell where the talent really lies um i think there's always going to be a lot of like brimming talent that's kind of untapped especially for a company like wwe that has like literally 1,468,000 wrestlers um you know signed on to the company uh you're, you're never going to know who those guys especially some of those mid-card guys you know, which one of them are going to be these incredible breakout stars. And I, I guess that's kind of exciting. I mean, I, I think WWE could use a few a few fewer wrestlers overall, but also it's kind of neat to know that there's all this untapped potential in there. Yeah, I think it makes it more exciting as well, because, you again, 
I know lots of people thought Bray Wyatt was done for, and rightfully so. That's the situation we had. Yeah. But all it takes is a, is a spark and the machine getting behind you, as they say, yeah. and you can become the hottest guy in all of wrestling. And before we do talk about SmackDown, uh, I want to mention the other rumor that's been going around, uh, just in case if people get to this late and SmackDown's already happened, and they're like, I don't want to talk about SmackDown now because <laughs> it's already gone down. But obviously, the, and this is very much a tongue-in-cheek kind of a thing. So we'll take it as that. But we talk about the news here on the show, so we have to do it. It's all the stuff with Edge. Have you seen any of it before I regale it all? No, no, I don't know what this is. So, like, and again, this is, I wouldn't say this is coming from reputable sources, but it has come from a lot of sources, or at least people are picking up on it. And I think that there was a mention of his new contract in... Um, in the Wrestling Observer, which I do take as I take as read at this point. I don't think Dave Meltzer prints stuff that he hasn't tried to source. I understand he gets it wrong from time to time, but you can say that about any kind of journalist. Anyway, I'm getting off track. It seems like there was some kind of negotiation with Edge and whatever his WWE contract is, where potentially maybe he played off the fact that AEW is in a thing, and you know you don't want Edge going to AEW, which you certainly do not. And he signed a brand new deal with a company that may or may not include having a match at some point in the future. Now, if you listen to the Edge and Christian podcast, Edge has come out a few times and said he thinks he could have a match, uh, that he's recovered well enough, and that it's WWE's medical team that won't let him won't let him do it. However, with that said, there is this idea that potentially, even though you know nobody in Creator has been told to come up with an idea for Edge, but there may be this idea in the ether that if Edge would like to do a match and if WWE are happy for him to do a match and we can sort of work all those kinks out yep. potentially we could see another edge match in WWE so my questions to you are mm. given everything you know about him and the injury and whether or not you're an edge fan to begin with is that something you want to see or do you think that's more of a you know Undertaker Goldberg I, I know it's completely different but you know that kind of situation where it's like okay sounds great but maybe it's best to just move on yeah well we're always uh I think we're always on the on the edge of our seat. No, no pun intended. When when there's an old wrestler, or even a you know, heaven forbid, a couple of old wrestlers uh, that haven't been doing it for a long time and are kind of creeping up into like a an age bracket where maybe it's you know it's it's getting past that time. Uh, when they come back out of retirement and do a match, um, because the odds you know, historically have been kind of 50, 50, that it goes well. Uh, it, it, it's always a little nerve wracking to see. And so I think, you know, I would say the same thing about edge that I said, you know, all 18 times that undertakers come out of retirement or, you know, <laughs> 28 times that Goldberg's come out of retirement, which is, you know, those guys are fantastic. I watched them in the nineties. I, I remember, you know, the, the golden era of all those guys. I don't think that just by age, they're too old to wrestle. Not at all. Um, it's really more about physical condition. And I, you know, while I would love to see them wrestle again, I don't want to see them wrestle poorly. So if what happens is, you know, another Goldberg in Saudi Arabia kind of thing where, you know, one of them just gets tired and bleeds out and it's too hot and the whole thing's just kind of aborted. Um, then I'm, of course, you know, retroactively, I'm going to say, of course, like I wish that had never happened. And I kind of just wish the guy had just done a speaking thing or just, you know, done more of his things where he interviews people in the ring, you know, who are younger wrestlers or something like that. Um, and, and would just hope that after an event like that, that he wouldn't try again. So yeah, I, I guess cautious optimism is the summary of how I would feel about something like that. Um, 
No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I think I kind of feel the same because I, you know, I would never, I, if somebody wants to come back and wrestle and they get the right medical checks, who am I to say otherwise, right? I have an opinion, but yeah. I would never, th- like the Shawn Michaels thing, I was like, okay, man, you do you. Like, we only get one shot at this and if you want to give it one more go, they're going to pay you a ton of money. I'm not going to sit here and disparage you. Yeah. And I, with Edge, I, I kind of think that's almost doubled because... You know what's worse than going out on somebody else's terms? Yeah, yeah. If, if you if you sort of come in, you come into your own head, and you're like, well, you know, this has happened and that's happened, and I have to retire. But you know, retaining the world championship at WrestleMania, then two weeks later coming out on Raw, SmackDown, whichever one it was, and just being like, I'm sorry, that's it, I'm done, I've got to go. It must have taken him a long time to get his head around, and I can totally understand that if there is. Even if it's just a chance to have one match against whoever the hell he wants, a Christian, a Randy Orton, whatever, yeah. I can totally understand why you'd want to do that just to, yeah, just to square it off in your own mind. Those things are so hard. And also, you know, I don't know how old Edge is, but he still comes across like a young guy, as stupid as that may sound. He doesn't, he doesn't look, or, you know, when I saw him on TV a few weeks ago, it's not like he looked super old or anything like that he just looked like edge that had grown up because that's what happens you can't fight life and i sometimes think when you have that visual as well it makes it a bit easier to it's just a bit more palatable so i don't know i, I don't know if it's going to happen i just know that when i read it i thought well, that's a really interesting that's not a guy i ever thought i'd see back in a in a wwe ring but if he has signed a new deal and wwe is like we've got to keep him away from aew who knows who knows what's going to happen yeah and i mean you know there's 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 guys from edges era that are are still wrestling and and don't yeah. look and don't even look quite as good as he does i mean you know like chris jericho is is the freaking champion of the competitive company and looks um phenomenal but also you can tell that he's you know a middle-aged man now uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's this it's simultaneous like I, I i don't have any problem with chris jericho wrestling I understand that, you know, he's a little slower than, you know, like these these tag teams and stuff that are dancing around him, but he still looks great and he still wrestles fundamentally well. And of course, then also the character, right, like Edge and Chris Jericho and Christian, all these guys came out of that sort of attitude era thing where they were just hilarious and they were uh, biting and cunning and they had just great lines and, and they knew how to how to do promos. And so there's a lot of value to that stuff. I mean, Edge's value is is in his character as much as in the wrestling. And I, I think if he can do a if he can do a, a Chris Jericho and come in and look, you know, a little slow but strong, um, with a great character, um, and and just make all that and sell all that for like however long he's gonna do it, one match, one year, a month, whatever it is, then I'll be elated. I'll be over the moon. I'll be so overjoyed that that happened. Yeah, I think me too. Especially in this crazy world we got at the moment where you know, AEW is a leveraging point. And you can say, uh, by the way, <laughs> if you don't appease me, maybe I'll go over here. That would scare yeah. WWE, especially because, as we know, as we've talked about AEW, I, I, some people seem to have misconstrued everything I said. I understand that it's week one. And really, the week two matters more than week one because you're always going to get a bump on week one. Yeah. But still, it kept, you know, in terms of if you're a wrestler, it absolutely counts as something that you can use to your advantage and more power to you. That's the best thing about a wrestling war. Is yep. it the wrestler's benefit? And I'm never going to get mad about that. Yeah, totally. Agreed. Uh, what did you think about AEW before we talk about SmackDown as well? It seems unfair to, uh, to to skirt around it and not get, are you in, you out? What's the what's the consensus? AEW is great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's, it's a lot of young guys moving so fast and just um, uh, like innovative, wrestling uh it's it's edgy it's obviously more adult um i thought dynamite you know 
I kind of agree with all your what culture guys kind of kind of a kind of a sucky name for a wrestling show, but a fantastic first episode. And, uh, you know, I mean, um, the 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 women's wrestling match, the sort of inaugural championship with with Riho was was phenomenal, I thought. Um, the 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 sort of new villain stable they've created at the at sort of the end of AEW. I don't know if it's actually going to be an ongoing stable, but just lining up all those kind of new AEW villains with Chris Jericho kind of in the middle of it all, I thought was just a, just great storytelling. Um, they they need a little more character work as they go, but I think that's probably just going to happen. And I like that they they came in hot with just a very match heavy first episode, lots of wrestling. Um, uh, and, and just showcasing all their, all their new young guys. I thought, um, you know, pairing up those tag teams with, uh, with Jericho was a, was a, was a brilliant move. I thought, um, obviously the sort of semi surprise unveiling of, uh, is it, it's not Jack Swagger. What is his actual name? Jake something? Jake, Jake Hagar, but Jake, I'm going to get that wrong until the end of time. But yes, it is technically Jake Hagar. Yeah. Yeah. Great. He looked great. Um, he, he looked a little, uh, a little clone of John Moxley so far, but, uh, you know, he hasn't had a speaking role yet. So I'm going to give it a little bit of a chance and hope that something unique comes out of that new kind of villain version of him. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought they, I thought they really smashed it out of the park this week. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I, I'm surprised by some of the, the criticisms. I do agree with you that dynamite is a terrible name, but, <laughs> but when I found out that it's because that's what Tony Khan called his wrestling promotion when he was a kid, I'm like, you know what, bro? Okay. You do you, man. Like, what a dream you're living. Yeah. It's like you made a wrestling tr- a promotion when you were a kid. Yeah. And now you've got the keys to that. I'm like, man, I, I can't get mad. I can't get mad at it. I can't. It's too cool. Yeah. It's too nerdy. It's too geeky. And I love nerdy and geeky <laughs> stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the, so the other thing that people have talked about, I got this on my Twitter all des- yesterday. Oh, that Rio Nyla Rose match was so botched. It was so this, so that. I'm like, man, it doesn't matter. Listen to the crowd. Yeah. Like the crowd absolutely loved it. And that's all wrestling is. If you can get people to care and you can get people to invest. And they, they were desperate for Riho to win that. And, you know, brilliantly, uh, AEW recognized that and they pulled the trigger. Yeah. That's all you need to do. That's all wrestling is. It doesn't matter if somebody makes a mistake, but... I'm I'm just baffled by the way some people watch wrestling these days. Oh, they slipped on the rope, therefore they suck. Like, no, they don't <laughs> people see that that could happen? Like, you know, how many times have you slipped off a curb? You know, yeah. you're walking along. It just that's just human nature. So, but look, I, those people find anything to moan about. I just find it strange because I thought the best thing about that match, uh, you know, poor use of the term. But the fans played their role so well. Yeah. And that's why it was so great. Cheer the, cheer the good guys. Boo the bad guys. Get behind the small lady that's taken on this sort of, you know, beast of a, of a, of a monster. That's what wrestling is. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it, And the fact she managed to overcome the odds. Excellent. Crowd goes crazy. Brand new champion. I don't really know what else you could have done in that match. So, yeah, it's, it's very strange. Some people just want to see the world burn, which is a very... Uh, <laughs> A very um, timely thing because the Joker movie comes out over here in uh, in the UK at the moment. But no, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And also, you know, much love to NXT as well. It's, that was a great show too. We, we obviously focus on AEW because it was their debut. But yeah, it was all good. It was great. It was a great night for wrestling fans all around. I don't think anybody could have been upset with uh, with what they saw. Yeah. I think the other thing you got to remember about the, the Rio Nyla thing too is like, you know, it's a little absurd for for a fan to to look at the match and say like, oh, you know, that wasn't the best wrestling match ever. It was between like a 95 pound tiny 
tiny little Asian girl and a gigantic, you know, beast of a woman. And you're never going to get an optimized wrestling match with that kind of weight difference and height difference. It's always yeah. have to be more character driven, right? It's not going to be a, it, it's not going to be an even, if it was realistic, right? I mean, the, 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 the giant would just step on the little guy and then it would be over. So if you're going to sell it, it's going to probably involve a little bit of botching. It's going to look a little weird. And if you're not invested in it on the character level and you're not into like the idea of the sort of underdog conquering the, the obvious choice to win, um, you know, if you're, if you're not into it on that, on that level, um, or if the wrestlers aren't selling it on that level, then then you know that's that's the problem. It's not so much that you know oh it wasn't a, an ideal wrestling match between this very very small and very very large person. I think that's that's always going to be a factor. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I don't I don't understand. Sometimes people just baffle me with their <laughs> with their criticism. But hey, you're allowed to do it. You want to moan, you moan. Good more power to you. Yeah, I, I hope you enjoy it. Right, let's talk about SmackDown. That's the big thing that's going down in a few hours. Yep. I mean, my, my, my sort of big question now is, how is the hell are they going to structure everything out? Because we've got The Rock. Then we've got all these other legends. Yeah. Then we've got the Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens uh, ladder match, which has to be go for at least 20 minutes, I would guess. Yeah. Then you've got the world title match, which I guess has a big question mark over it because you could say, well, maybe Brock's just going to squash Kofi. And then you've obviously got the four women, which I can't believe WWE isn't going to want to push quite hard, mm. you know, give, given everything. And I'm just like, how the hell are they going to fit this into two hours? I really absolutely have no idea. No, I know. Raw, the Raw um, debut episode was 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 actually really well paced. And yeah, I thought so. When they when they bring um, legends, you know, when they when they brought out Hogan and and Ric Flair in a three hour space, it kind of makes sense because it still gives you plenty of time for you know the actual wrestlers to do their thing, and there's like room for all of it. Um, I think when they bring these legends back, like when The Rock comes back, and I'm assuming he's not going to wrestle or anything, and it's just it's just sort of it's just talking, you know. So that I think in a two hour space, that's going to look kind of crunched. And my guess is what's going to happen is we're just inevitably as fans. We're going to be complaining on Saturday morning that something didn't get the time it needed. You know, I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe it'll be um, Brock and Kofi. Maybe it'll be the women. Um, it's hard to say, but something's going to feel rushed. Uh, and that's just kind of almost inevitable. They've just it's just such a crowded card right now with so many different. They have so many different things to do, you know, in one episode. You mentioned Brock and Kofi, which I guess is the most anticipated match for a lot of people. Yeah. Do you think it's kind of a given that Brock Lesnar's going to walk in there and just smash him up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I don't, you know, I'm Brock Lesnar is a legend and he's, he's, he's tremendous and he looks great and, and, and God love him. He plays his role very well, but uh, part-time guys are kind of exhausting to me. Um, Kofi is such a, you know, I don't want to get too invested in what I understand is kayfabe and, and it's fiction, but he did work really hard to get where he is. I'm sure he's perfectly happy to surrender to, to Brock and just to have had the run that he had. And he could even have another one. I mean, this could be a back and forth kind of thing. You, you know, there's no way to really know how the, the storytelling is going to go in the future, but I, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm personally not ready for Kofi mania to be over. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think he's just, a, uh, he's just sold his, his championship really well throughout all of this. I, um, you know, I thought the Randy Orton stuff was underrated and, and excellent. Um, 
I uh, I don't see him having an extended feud with Brock, even if he won and Brock didn't defeat him for some reason. I don't even know how that would happen or how they would sell that. But I, I don't see it being an ongoing like Brock thing. I think they're bringing Brock in to get ratings on the first episode of SmackDown. And my guess is that if he wins the championship, Brock's going to probably do the same thing he used to do when he was the universal champion, which is just kind of not be around a whole lot. And uh, and that's a bummer. Um, it's a bummer to have a champ that's, you know, that's not there week to week and and not not fighting, you know, and defending and having to focus on other storylines to sort of compensate. Yeah. What I find it interesting, you said you're not ready for Kofi's title reign to be over because I mean, a lot of people feel like it's come to its natural end anyway. And that, OK, Brock Lesnar may not be the perfect opponent to beat him for all the reasons you've outlined. Is he going to be on TV? Where's the belt going to go? You know, we, we, we as sort of hardcore fans aren't, aren't into that. And I think I would put myself in that category where I can't want to see Kofi Kingston fighting, you know, fighting from below again and, and chasing and scrapping. Mm. So if, if let's say that Kofi does win, he does beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And you, you say Brock Lesnar's just coming in, one and done, and he'll build up his WrestleMania program in a few months, whatever, who cares? I, don't, I mean, again, I don't think it's going to happen before people inundate me in the comments. I think this is a very smart strategic move by WWE. But let's say he does do that. Where would you move Kofi after that? Because that's my issue. Yeah. Is mm. while I would love a proper Brock Kofi program, don't get me wrong, we, Brock is a, uh, he's a novelty, isn't he? But, yeah. you know, to so say that's off the table and say that, you know, Kofi retains his belt. I just don't know where you go with him. That's my thing. I don't know who the right opponent is. Mm. I don't know how you book him. And I don't I don't know how you make sure that people... I'm not, look, I love the fact that WWE has treated it as you come up against Kofi Kingston, he kicks you in the head and he wins. That is the way to build a good champion. They don't often do that. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all in with that. But yeah, from a fan's point of view, I'm like, okay, well, let's say it does happen. Where do we jump to next? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you're, you're asking a really good question and this is the, I, this is the deepest I've thought about it. I think that, you know, when I said like that I wasn't ready for Kofi to give it up, I think, um, it's interesting cause I kind of was sort of getting ready for it when he was feuding with Randy. And, uh, that was a point where I was, um, you know, the, the way they were booking it and the way they were telling that story is even though Randy Orton was kind of the villain, I was a little bit ready for Randy to have the championship again. It seemed like um, that felt like the time. And I think a lot of that was that the storytelling was so rich and deep and they had this history going back years and years together. Right. And they were showing clips of Kofi and Randy, you know, from like whatever it was, 2008 or whatever, um, and establishing that there was this long kind of feud and this, this struggle between the two of them. And so in the midst of that, I, the anticipation of that and all the, all the good storytelling and the ongoing sort of line between these two characters made me ready for a change. Um, I think that's the problem is that, you know, as frequently happens with Brock Lesnar, when they bring Brock in, a lot of times he comes in very suddenly he beats up everybody for a week and then he's gone and you rarely get a chance to get a deep character storyline out of that. Um, doesn't help that the guy doesn't talk at all either. And, you know, as like a sort of a representative. Um, and so I think that's kind of part of what it is, is that if Kofi loses on Friday, which or today, which is, you know, again, probably pretty inevitable, I'm going to feel a little disappointed because they didn't really have a feud, did they? They just sort of, he, you know, Brock appeared out of nowhere um, and, and beat Kofi up and then left. And that's not the kind of, that's not the kind of wrestling I'm looking for, you know? Uh, 
So yeah, I, and then yeah, so that that's I guess the short answer would be that um, if I if ideally what I would want with Kofi is I would want a real storyline lose. I would want him to feud hard with a top level guy like Randy, like Brock, um, but a guy that's around week to week. I'd want to have a month of storytelling, and then I would want him to lose spectacularly. And then, as you said, begin to claw back, you know, to try and get it again. That 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 would be much more. That feels like what's what Kofi deserves, and it's what the championship deserves. I I think that'd be awesome. I really really do. I think you're spot on. I don't think we're going to get it for the same reasons. Yeah. Um. I I actually think they're going to split the new day up in the draft. I think that the time yeah. has come, and I think they're going to. I think that Kofi and Xavier Woods will become a tag team, which I have nothing against, by the way, because I like tag team wrestling. They'd be an awesome tag team, and hopefully, it's just you know, some impetus for WWE to actually do something with tag teams. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can see Big E being part of one of the brands and giving him a singles push based on nothingness, just a hunch. I mean, it could be that, you know, the, all the rumors are true and they sell so much merchandise. There's no way anybody is ever going to split them up. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wouldn't be against that. I, I really, really wouldn't, especially if this is the situation we find ourselves in where, yeah, we'd love to have a, a, a Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston feud, but we just don't get it because... Brock Lesnar is a fascinating wrestling character that we will probably never see the likes of again, <laughs> who somehow gets to uh, gets to call his own shots. What about the Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens? Because I, I was like, well, this is a lock, right? This is a lock. There's only one thing you can do with this. There's no point mucking around. Shane McMahon loses. Kevin Owens wins. We, we, we move on with things. And of course, that ties in with this idea that Fox would like... Um, SmackDown to be more of a, a sports-orientated brand. Shane McMahon can move over to Raw, which is more of an entertainment brand, and so yeah. on and so forth. Now, the rumor now carries less weight because the alternative to that was is that Kevin Owens either goes to Raw or, more likely, goes to NXT. Mm. Now that we put Finn Balor there, I don't believe that is going to happen. I don't think you need to put both people on there. I think then it overkills Finn. You know, if Finn Balor and Kevin Owens go back, you're like, well, that's crap <laughs> because... <laughs> You know, you've just taken away the allure of Finn Balor going back. So why on earth have we done that? But yeah. it's still, when it comes to Shane McMahon, as we all know, it's never cut and dry. It's never an easy solution. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I, you know, from a, from a, I don't know whether you feel the same. As a guy that is really invested in Kevin Owens, which I am, I would love to think this was more of a coming out party for him where you know you're going to have a lot of eyes on the product. Mm -hmm. People will quickly figure out you know, who and what Shane McMahon is. It doesn't take a genius. And to be able to say, oh, wow, this guy who does look like an everyman, you know, doesn't... I understand the appeal of big jack dudes or flippy guys and, you know, to the, to the, the mainstream audience. But there's also an appeal for a guy that just looks like your mate. You know, he just whooped the boss's son's ass. Yeah. He's really cool. He's got a family. I honestly think there is a huge benefit to trying to finally get Kevin Owens as this really likable babyface. Yeah, totally. I, you know, so I will say this, uh, I, I, two points there. One with Shane, I don't understand the booking of Shane. I never really have. <laughs> just Vince McMahon's son, man. Yeah. That's all you need to know. I, yeah, I guess they just have a blind spot with him because, you know, of who he is. Uh, and all right, fair enough. Uh, so we'll just, we'll just chalk that up to illogic and, and family matters. And um, that's that. So, you know, I'm, I'm never surprised by what happens with that character. Uh, yeah. I would expect that he would lose, but if he won, it's not like I would be shocked. I'd be very disappointed. Um, <laughs> I don't want, I, same with you. I don't want Kevin to go to NXT. Uh, the best version of Kevin for me was circa early this year, I guess, maybe late last year when he was, uh, 
you know, kind of a surrogate, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin version two. He was stunning people. He looked like a badass. I, they they worked the family stuff in, and it was a bit of a mix for me. I I wasn't against it. I wasn't really for it. I didn't like him kind of crawling to Shane and yeah. that whole story of him like begging. And I, I was like, nah, that's not him. And it doesn't. He he acted it well, and it was you know he did the best he could with that material. But I I much preferred him prior to that when he was just sort of you know raising hell and taking names. Um, and I hope what I hope for, for the Kevin character is to, to get back to that. I hope he, he, he soundly crushes Shane and becomes a, a top card guy. Um, I'd love to see him stay on SmackDown and, uh, and, and that's really it. You know, I, I, what, what else can I say? I think Kevin's one of the, one of the best wrestlers out there and he's uh he's a tremendous guy on the mic. Um, he's really got everything. If he went to NXT, I feel like I agree with you. It would be a waste of, uh, a waste of talent in a crowded field with Finn in there. I, that, that's the thing. If Finn wasn't there, I'd be like, "That's fine." You know, that's cool. Yeah, that will make it. That will make a splash. But Finn is there, so that's that to me. You put your yeah. big guy there. You want to put someone else. You, you want to kind of trade in, trade out. Yeah, because you don't want to do too much. You know, you don't want to do too much. I know that now WWE is probably going to try and come up with a way to to boost NXT ratings, but you have to balance things out. Like the, the cool thing about AEW is that they didn't give us like a crazy, crazy show. So now if they want to next week, they can. Yeah. And that then may, you know, that may then get more people interested. Uh, the other big match is the, uh, actually, before we move on from that, I'd be totally cool. Shane McMahon gets kicked in the balls. <laughs> Kevin Owens climbs the ladder and he wins in 30 seconds. I'd be totally cool with that. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd have no problem. I'd have no problem if a bunch of people came out to help Kevin Owens. Yeah. You know, like some of the some of the people he'd mentioned, like I think you mentioned Chad Gable and Liv Morgan and whoever else there was. That'd be fine. Locker room. We want Shane McMahon. It'd be great. Ties into the story, gets those people some time, and Kevin Owens will look like this sort of leader of the locker room. I think it's, you know, it's fine. Whatever. Whatever we have to do to uh, ensure we don't go in the other direction is fine by me. What about this women's tag team match? Like, I presume, again, you know, these are the chosen ones when it comes to the women's division. I think the the, the treatment of Kyrie Sane and Oscar has proven that. Yeah. Which is fine. It's not my company, but I just I find it crazy sometimes because they're such they're so talented those two. Yeah. That to, you know to barely get on TV is baffling, especially when you do need to build more feuds with Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey. However, I get it. You're probably going to get <coughs> excuse me. You're probably going to get one of your biggest audiences in the last sort of five, six years, and you want to make it clear that, hey, you know, you like these two people, they'll be on Fridays, but these two people will be on Mondays because I presume we separate them right down the middle. But what do we do here in terms of the match itself? Okay. You know, remind, do we just turn it? So, remind, so you go, who, man. Who are, the, who are the tag teams for the for the women? Sasha Banks and Bailey taking on the ridiculous team of Charlotte and Becky Lynch. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, because Charlotte is a baby face now? Yeah, she is. <laughs> and, I, and, and I understand why, again, this ties into my Brock Lesnar logic. If I'm a Fox executive, I'm going to be saying to WWE, yeah, like, everybody knows who Brock is on our network because of MMA. Can you just make him a big deal? Yeah. And it's the same with Charlotte. If you've had these grand plans for Charlotte yeah. and you know a bunch of new people are going to tune in and she looks how she looks, yeah. I, I, I get it. You'd be like, yeah, this is the time to make sure she's a face. We want people to like her. I understand it. doesn't mean it makes any sense for us long-term fans, but who cares about us, right? Screw them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, Charlotte is awesome, and I want her to to be huge. I, I think it's, I think it's great. Uh, the, the four horsewomen have always been interesting to see together in any combination. Um, this is another storyline level thing where they didn't really, uh, they just kind of gave themselves excuses to line things up the way that made sense to Fox and the way that made sense to WWE and to ratings. 
uh, it's going to be a great match. Um, I, to be honest with you, I, I got completely behind on following it and I didn't even realize that was going on, but now, now I'm kind of excited. Um, cause they're just great wrestlers. Um, they're, they're great female wrestlers. Uh, I saw that. So this is, you said it's, um, it's the four horsewomen, right? So it's, uh, it's Bailey is in there, right? Yeah, Bailey Sasha Banks versus Charlotte and Becky. Yeah, yeah I saw that match last week because <laughs> that was well, the, that was the dark match, and it was great. I, oh, dude, they, they, I would imagine they were probably building to this. I mean, what did they do? I, I don't care about spoilers. What kind of what what, what was the finish, etc.? So, what's great about dark matches is a couple of things. One is I, I actually I could be wrong about this statistically, but every time I've gone to see the WWE live, the good guys always win. Um, in dark matches, because why not, right? It's a crowd, yeah, crowd kind of, exactly, yeah. Um, and it's to get pop at the end. It's the end of the night, and whoever's left in the stadium just wants to see a good time, right? And we all, we all kind of know it's not on TV anymore. So, um, and the other thing I really like about it is that uh, people have a lot. The wrestlers have a lot more fun with it. You can just tell that they they get a little more uh, relaxed. Um, so what happened last week during Raw's dark match is. Uh, they, they wrestled phenomenally. They took, um, risks. Uh, they played outside of their character a little bit. There was literally, there was like laughing and, uh, and winks to the audience. And, um, you know, Bailey, for example, who was supposed to be sort of a heel, I guess, uh, was, was just waffling back and forth. She was, uh, making fun of Charlotte one moment, but then she was, you know, high-fiving audience members in the front row the next moment um we were right next to her so we we caught a lot of bailey just like hanging around like right in front of us and she was just totally off character and off script and just having a a, a ball um obviously that's not going to happen on smackdown uh but I, I can tell you it was it was it was hilarious and fun to watch and it you could see the real people behind the wrestler and behind the character and uh, that that made it hugely appealing. And you can also tell that those four women and this is why I'm excited about it is those four women just obviously have have wrestler chemistry, like huge wrestler chemistry. They they really did literally kind of grow up together into this, you know, NXT world and then advanced into the main card almost kind of as a unit, you know, and so that that gives them a natural and, th- you know, that's probably part of why WWE kind of keeps putting them back together in various combinations is because they can just tell that. Uh, when they're on camera together, they they look tremendous. Exactly, man. Then th- that's exactly it. That's why this match is happening. Yeah. For that very very reason, they want new people to tune in and they want people to look at it and go, "Wow, who are these people? They're amazing." Which they are. Yeah. You know, I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, looking at the, of course, we have to talk about this. How I know we mentioned it earlier. What 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 is the Rock going to do? Because <laughs> we all know that somebody's getting rock bottom, right? <laughs> Somebody is getting rock bottom. Pick, uh, choose your. Your the poor sap that is is going to get rock bottom out of his shoes. I mean, I, I say just call CM Punk again. You know, skim call. <laughs> See if he picks up this time. Oh, can you imagine? That's what he did. They would be so pissed off at him. <laughs> but I, it can't be Eric Rowan again because I believe we're doing Rowan Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Oh yeah, um, right. Which is weird because I should, I assume that was because uh, of course it is at the pay per view, isn't it? We have the we have the match, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, all I can imagine is that The Rock comes out, smashes somebody up, and that's it. Offwards we go. Someone like Mojo Rawley, I'd guess. Something like that. Yeah, maybe some some kind of mid Carter that we forgot about is going to come in. You know, like The Rock. Will, that's what they tend to do, right? Is The Rock talks and he's baby facey and everybody loves him for five minutes and then. 
someone comes in and interrupts him. And I mean, that's what uh, Sammy did with The Undertaker, some odd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it could just be a sequel to that. Um, they seem to enjoy that. That uh, that's a good way to use, I guess, their their celebrity uh, ex wrestlers. Um, I, I would love it if it was something a little more interesting than that. I mean, how often do do we get The Rock in a SmackDown ring? Never, right? So it would be great to it would be great if they came up with something a little novel. Besides, I know they're going to light like the letters "Rock on Fire" or something, and they're going to blow a lot of fire. You know, something besides that. Something with the actual guy would would be amazing. Uh, I hope that I, I assume and hope that they're going to let him go off script and they're going to let him improv. I almost certainly right because he can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, and, uh, and, and what's Vince going to do? Fire him, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see him improvise, uh, cause obviously he's a, tr- he's a tremendous actor and on that level. Um, I'd love to see them do something original and a little bit innovative in the five minutes that they get with the guy. And then, you know, he, he quietly slips away and we don't hear from him for another five years, you know? You think he's only going to go five minutes? You got more confidence than me, man. I think he's going to go like half an hour. I think he's going to dominate the entire show. Oh man, I, that that I hope not. I, I love you know the Rock is great. Uh, I don't I don't want to see him and you know coming in and out like all episode long because I I do care about the new wrestlers and I I want them to have a, a a smashing first episode and really really knock it out of the park on their own terms. I agree with you, man. Uh, before we do wrap up now. Once again, WWE, thanks so much for screwing my weekend up by not revealing any matches for uh, Hell in a Cell other than three. <laughs> but we will, we, will, we will talk about them all the same. Uh, and we'll start, we'll start with that one we just mentioned. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus Eric Lone and Luke Harper. Yeah. How do you see it going? Do you think this is Daniel Bryan's big plan, even though that would make no sense whatsoever? Are we just going to get Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan kicking Eric Roman? Sometimes I think I overthink WWE matches. And I think we could easily just get that Brian and Reigns kick Rowan and Harper's ass. Mm-hmm. Harper Harper vanishes again because he's clearly not happy. I mean, he's clearly not. You, you could just go on his Instagram or his Twitter. He's not having a good time. Uh. And then we just, we never get that the planned Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns match. Daniel Bryan goes back to being a baby face, which he'll be awesome at. And we kind of forget the last six months ever happened. That, yeah. you know, so I, I think sometimes I just, I think too much. I'm like, always go with the obvious. Always. Yeah. No, I mean... Uh- this is happening today and it's the first episode of Friday night SmackDown. And like you said, with the four horsewomen, it's the same thing where I think WWE is trying to show off their best people and their best characters and, and remind old fans like of how awesome these people are. And so I think it's going to reset Daniel Bryan a little bit. I do, I do think it's a, a strong possibility that he'll, he'll at least baby face his way through tonight. You might even see a, a yes, kind of thing going you know yes chant thing going on or at least you'll get the the kicks and you know all kind of his classic baby face moves um i think roman reigns is going to look you know tremendously baby facey as he always does and people will cheer for that and i think they're just going to showcase those two guys and you know my yeah my best guess as a betting man i would say he's gonna they're gonna roundly uh kick harper and rowan's butt (laughs) <laughs> I, I i think it'll be there'll be some you know usual wwe uh cheating some you know there'll be some low blow or something uh it would be interesting to see brian and roman you know kind of argue right during the first half of it and then sort of get along at the end or or pull it out together as a team sort of last minute so you can doubt for a while you know in the story of the match that they're going to make it together um because they're fighting too much uh, I, I think that's all predictable, um, but could be really enjoyable. They're all really great wrestlers. I, you know, I really actually really like Eric Rowan. 
Um, uh, some people aren't aren't so crazy about him. I know he doesn't. No, I like him too. I like him. Yeah, I think he's great. Uh, he, you know, he's he's a he's sort of a B plus on the mic, but um, I, I think he a very high marks for wrestling. Uh, he's a great huge dude. Um, looks good when he's when he's winning. Looks good when he's losing. Um, so yeah, I think I think the, the the baby faces will come out on top. I'd be surprised otherwise. And now I'm going to eat my words in a few hours. I'm sure. <laughs> And what about on Sunday when Bray Wyatt and, or the Fiend, I should say, and yeah. Seth Rollins go at it? I mean, yeah, it's uh, you, you mentioned earlier. You think it was uh, inevitable that Bray Wyatt's going to win. I hope you're right, my friend. You have far more confidence than I do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just give me a take. I mean, do you think that WWE will actually just go with it and not muck around, or are we going to get shenanigans? We get a lot of shenanigans, man. A lot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We have to hope that it's a new era and that they're being a little smarter than usual. Um, I guess SmackDown will actually be very telling. Like, I- I'm going to say that Bray Wyatt wins if Shane McMahon loses. <laughs> to right, I see. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to look at that as a sign that they're being smart and that they're kind of following. They're, yeah. they're, they're kind of finally, like, paying attention to fans and, and what and where the pop is, you know, what direction the pop is coming from. I, I, I think regardless, I actually do believe, I really do believe that The Fiend's going to win. It's, it's hard to imagine them um, – so powerfully building this character up or i should really i should say allowing bray to build this character up kind of on his own terms and make him uh so incredibly uh powerful within the story um just kind of crushing everyone and then to lose to seth rollins just doesn't feel like i I can't think of a single reason you know business-wise why they would do that so i yeah i think he's gonna crush him well, dude, I, I hope you're right, my friend. I will, I will, I will defer to your confidence. <laughs> and when it and when it doesn't happen, you'll be the first person I curse. So, <laughs> damn it, Jason. Yeah, yeah, you can come after me. <laughs> what about Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch as well in the Hell in a Cell? Because I actually think that could shape. You know, it all depends on what we're doing with this draft as well. Who's going where? You know, up, down, left, right. Yeah, because I, again, I, I kind of got a Kofi Kingston situation with Becky Lynch. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to to shake things up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, may, maybe have Sasha Banks win the title. Why not? Yeah, I, I could see it too. That that actually, I would say that out of everything we've talked about, that's the hardest one for me to call um, because I, I think, and you know, this is this is where this is the sweet spot in wrestling. I think personally is when you could go either way and be very successful. I think if if Becky retained. Uh, she would go on to continue being the man and she could uh, keep feuding with Sasha or she could go feud with, you know, any number of other women and have a continued success. And, and that character would would continue to pop for a while and they could they could carry that forward. If she lost to Sasha, Sasha is an incredibly popular heel right now, I think. I mean, it seems that way right from the crowds. I think so. Yeah. And so I think that 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 would be fantastic, too. And I, I mean, Sasha has always been a great wrestler and uh, always looks good on the mic and always sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, does, does that sort of badass uh, uh, heel really well. Um, And so, yeah, I think that they've got a really good, uh, they've got a good position with those two characters right now. And, and either way they go, I think they could be very successful. So yeah, I, I, that one's almost impossible to call, honestly. Which is when wrestling is the best, right? Yeah. When you don't know, uh, and talking of don't know, I mean, we'll, we'll know more. But if anyone listens to this tomorrow, we will know. 
what other matches are we going to get, man? We've only got three. So yes, what else true. can you see? I mean, I mean, if Brock Lesnar wins, do we get both Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston? Do we just not have a WWE title match? Are we going to rush them into Cornell Championship matches? AJ Styles versus Alexander just going to be happening again? I mean, do you have any idea about what we could get? And then we have three matches. And they better announce someone on SmackDown. That was, I can't do videos I got to do. So damn it, <laughs> WWE. Like, just let me know what's going on. Yeah, you can't predict anything if you don't know what the matches are, huh? No, yeah. everyone keeps going, Miller, where's the prediction video? I'm like, what do you want me to predict? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's cross-brand, right? So it could be anything. Oh, yeah, it could be know, anything, yeah. Anything could really happen. I think... Uh, I mean, what's going on with like? Uh, so wait a minute. What? Is, uh, um, I'm thinking Baron Corbin is king of the ring, but did he go to NXT or something? Or he's still with the main card, right? No, he's still with the main card. You could get something with Chad Gable. Yeah, him. He could do that match, I presume. Um, although I thought they would have done more of that with Raw. I mean, yeah, he could do that potentially. Yes. Yeah, something with him, I guess. Um, maybe they could even do like a a multi-man thing like uh, uh, Baron versus Chad versus some other King of the Ring person throw that in there and for just for nostalgia factor I guess because all the fans love the King of the Ring thing I mean I think I think they did I certainly did um, I, I didn't you know it, Baron Corbin's no fun but I guess that's kind of the point right it's like uh, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um, and he does do no fun very well so it, it's I will say if, if anyone's going to do sort of a, a ultra heel that literally no one wants to cheer that's that's that guy. Uh, so yeah, something with him. Um, there's a, a, a stable of 80,000 other women. <laughs> uh, what, what's going on with the tag team championship? The women's tag team. Is that even a thing anymore? Does, do we care? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about those belts. Apparently we made them up and then we just gave up for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's still bliss and, uh, um, uh, Nikki, right. Are the champions still, uh, yeah, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are still the belts, yeah. But they just get involved in other people's feuds and singles competition. Could, you know how it works when you're a tag team champion. <laughs> yeah, you could slap them together with someone at the last second and, and call that a, a Sunday match and probably have them win. Um, I, I don't know, maybe Asuka and, and Kyrie or uh, anyone else that no one's paying attention to right now and just have like a <laughs> solid match. And, you know, I'm making it sound like I don't love women's wrestling. I really do. I'm like you. I want them. I, I wish that championship meant something right now. I really do. Dude, you and, me, you and me both, man. That's why I don't understand why we even why we even did it. But hey, we did. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> onwards. It's done. <laughs> on, 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 uh, onwards we go. And simply because it just popped up on my uh, notification, apparently the uh, backstage, uh, so the backstage news on Braun Strowman's new contract that he signed in April is that he's being paid 1.2 million a year. Woo! So well, well done. Well done, Braun Strowman. You've absolutely smashed it. Yeah. And more power to you. You're going to have a very successful career mm. from the world of professional wrestling. And more power to you. The more money there is, the more money you should get. You put your body in line every day. We all know that rhetoric. Yeah, nicely done, Braun. I mean, he deserves it. Yeah, damn right. Uh, and that's it. That kind of, you know, concedes this crazy week. Obviously, we got. Are you going to watch SmackDown live tonight, man? Or are you going to watch it uh, after the fact? Oh no, I'm going to watch it live. You bet. I'm going to be front yeah. for that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And of course, you know what culture wise, I don't know what time it's going to go up tomorrow. I presume 2 p.m. BST, but there will be an ups and downs at some point tomorrow. I would guess. <laughs> when there will be, when I don't know, it, it will be happening. Uh, and the predictions video will come after that when hopefully I wake up and actually have a card. Uh, but if nothing else, look, I hope everybody did enjoy this crazy week. I'm sure it will settle back down a little next week as we get uh, as we get used to it. But I think it's been good, Jason. I, I've really enjoyed this week. I think it's been it's felt like wrestling is uh, I wouldn't say necessarily back. I'm not saying it's a boom period, 
but it's certainly it's just been fun right it's just been fun yeah it's it's better than it's been in a, a long time i'll say that yeah i agree i agree and uh again i hope xt does well i hope raw does well smackdown aew mlw everything i hope everybody absolutely smashes it yeah awesome and on that note jason certainly let me know what you think of the show that goes to everybody listening uh, as well at simon 316 where you can get me on twitter and instagram uh, patreon.com same thing forward slash simon 316 more importantly head over to my youtube channel just search for simon miller and uh, give me a subscribe uh, anything else you want to throw out there man before we wrap this up uh no i'll just say if any of your fans are in the bay area come uh see my band great highway we're performing on the 2nd of november we're raising money for leukemia and lymphoma which is uh the cancer that me and roman reigns actually shared so uh you know that's going to be a good cause and it's at a club called bottom of the hill so check it out 100 percent do that and again obviously jason's been on before to talk about that inspirational all around right everyone enjoy smackdown I'm going to let you rest from my voice for a couple of days and we will do all of this again next week. But thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you all again soon.